0: what would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, a, <laughs> a, a, a Giants podcast for Giants fans. Hi, Giants fans. It's Sean Morash. down a sideline into the end zone. Touchdown, Giants! From the offseason. through the wins and, and the loss, it's time to take One. Giants, one, 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 Giants, giant step, step. The truth shall set you free. Welcome into One Giant Step. I'm Sean Moresh. Hello there. It's Combine Week, which means I'm here to drop a little recap, discussing Joe Shane, all the comments he had on Tuesday, maybe even a little NFL report card, as maybe Brian Dable's not as bad a head coach as some painted him out to be, but we are full steam ahead Combine Week here. Looking forward to free agency in a couple weeks, so plenty of One Giant Step coming your way. My thanks to Bruce or Bryce Gelman, who's done a great job the last couple weeks, uh, continuing to push out the content here. But I just wanted to get on mic here, and kind of go over things with you, the audience, the great audience of One Giant Step, and see where we're at after the Joe Shane comments. As I'm sure if you're a Giant fan, you have heard by now. Joe Shane met the media and had comments on Saquon Barkley on the salary cap, on Daniel Jones, and on the quarterback situation in the draft. I want to start with Saquon Barkley and just the overall thoughts there. First and foremost, I have never in my life as a Giant fan gone back and forth more on how I felt about re-signing or bringing back a player as much as I have with Saquon Barkley. And it remains really difficult, I think, for Giant fans six years later to separate Saquon Barkley the person player with Saquon Barkley the second overall draft pick that I mean, I think so many in the Giant fan base screamed and yelled about in terms of using an asset like that on a running back. Saquon Barkley, not necessarily his fault by any means, although I think there have been times where whether it's injury, uh frustration or whatever, is Saquon Barkley has been the face of the Giants for the most part during one of the worst losing eras the team has had, certainly for a generation of Giant fans. But when you are a loser franchise, as the Giants have been too frequently, you tend to, you know, cozy up and warm up to some of the good players and great players on that team. And I think that's where the mixed reaction on Saquon Barkley and his Giants tenure comes from. He was, without a doubt, an enormous part of a playoff team that won a playoff game. And I thought many of us, Many of us probably thought they would piggyback and at least make the playoffs, whether that meant win another playoff game, go to a conference championship, whatever dreams you had heading into last year were were quickly dashed. The moment Andrew Thomas got hurt in week one versus the Dallas Cowboys and the season spiraled and Daniel Jones was just taking a beating behind that line and then not taking steps forward, not being able to compensate for it. Saquon himself got hurt in week two. We don't need to rehash and re-go over it, even though I am doing that, but... We sit here now after Saquon was such a good soldier in many ways and showing up to camp on time, didn't miss a day of practice last year after slapping the franchise tag, and wonder, you know, what's next? And I think after listening to Joe Shane, I I flat out said, I, I now am in the camp of not only would I be disappointed if Saquon Barkley's not a Giant, depending on exactly how it materializes, I... I would say it's it's near malpractice for Joe Shane to let him walk this year. And hear me out on a couple reasons. First and foremost, you never want to lose a guy for nothing. There's a report today out of Kansas City. I'm taping this on Wednesday. Jarius Sneed, their star cornerback, they have slapped the tag on him, but the Chiefs may look to trade him. Okay, that that's fine. Whatever, tag, trade, see if you can work out to get some compensation. The Giants were, for all intents and purposes, dead at the trade deadline as far as the playoffs go. I know they had... That run we all got excited about and energized about with Tommy DeVito, and I was sucked right in. I can't act like I, I wasn't. But they they waved the white flag with the Leonard Williams trade, which looks like a great trade today with the second-round pick they got, uh, one that went higher up the board as the Seahawks failed to make the playoffs. But they held on to Saquon Barkley. Now, whoever's call that was, whether it was Shane and Dables, whether that was from above, maybe John Mara said, you can't trade this guy now. He's played good soldier. He wants to be a giant, always a giant. If you were not going to trade Saquon Barkley to the deadline, that's already your first marker on, you better figure out a way to bring him back because you just lost an opportunity to maybe get a third-round pick. Oh, geez, you got a second round for Leonard Williams, maybe a second-round pick for Saquon Barkley. They got none of that. But, look, things change. Off-season plans evolve. Joe Shane acknowledged the explosion of the NFL salary cap as we had gotten those numbers, what was it, late last week, that the salary cap now would be $255 million. Joe Shane himself admitted in the presser that he expected the, the salary cap to be budgeted anywhere between 241 and 243 In essence, an extra $12 million on the salary cap. Now, every team got that extra $12 million. It's not like that just works for the Giants. Depending on how much cap room you had, you now will have $12 million more, in essence, than what teams had probably planned for. Why is that $12 million significant? That is basically the franchise tag slap of Saquon Barkley. So whatever your plan was, and Adam Schefter had tweeted out on Monday that the Giants don't plan to tag him, but then Joe Shane did admit the tag's not out of question. I am sure the Giants don't want to have to put Saquon through that. That's an unfair mechanism, but one that does exist if they need it. You have $12 million essentially found when you already had cap space to work with to begin with. And if that is the number to make sure that Saquon Barkley, even if that tag means working out a long-term deal while under the tag in the coming months, the Giants have to use it. They have to. If Saquon Barkley and the Giants are even somewhat close, remember last year there was all those reports, one million apart, two million apart. They have to use it. And I'm sure Saquon won't be happy about that because he's going to want to test the free agency market. But unfortunately, that's a CBA deal and them's the breaks. I mean, you got nothing for him at the deadline. You're acknowledging that you were stunned. Joe Shane acknowledged that he was stunned at the cap increase. And that cap increase correlates to the number it would take to keep Saquon or ensure Saquon Barkley's there for even one year. I think the Giants have to do it. And beyond that, I am so ready on the flip side for the Giants to move on from needing Saquon Barkley. But the truth is, as they continue to evolve offensive weapons, Wondell Robinson, Jalen Hyatt, maybe Darren Waller can actually stay healthy next year. Let's see what they do in the draft. Do they add a bona fide stud wide receiver? You know, whether it's a year, two years, we're going to still whittle that away and find other playmakers on the Giants. For now, if the plan is quarterback, and we'll get to that in just a second, or the plan is, you know, start Daniel Jones, like also Joe Shane indicated, either way, Saquon has to be an enormous help there. Now you want to tell me they save a couple bucks and they sign Derrick Henry uh, or do something outlandish? They can't go into next year with an Eric Gray mid-round pick combo now. Not with this cap increase. You can't do it. Not if not if you're Joe Shane and Brian Dable, and in theory, your jobs could be on the line to play competitive football. So, I, I'm officially in the camp of, I don't trust Joe Shane if Saquon's not here. Now, of course, if the Houston Texans do something crazy, and we keep mentioning that as we have on the show, Evan and Tiki. Tiki's been hot to this, Evan has as well. Texans quarterback on a rookie deal, need a running back, if they went something outlandish and really broke the bank. I'm talking about clearing Christian McCaffrey's number and Saquon Barkley gets 17 mil a year the next two years. It's going to be hard for me to, to complain. However, it shouldn't get to that point. Again, because you should be slapping the franchise tag on Saquon and not even allowing that to happen, especially with the cap increase. Now, as far as the quarterback situation goes, I am not sitting there hitting the panic button as a Daniel Jones, either truther or non-believer. Again, I've been steadfast in this. I believe in Daniel Jones' ability. I don't believe in Daniel Jones' health. It's two neck injuries in three years. I'm not even factoring in the ACL because that happens. to NFL players come back. It's the neck injuries and taking those kind of hits. And just wondering about the internal mechanism in him in rushing that. I just got finished watching the first five episodes of the Dynasty on Apple TV Plus and seeing the Drew Bledsoe story and how Drew Bledsoe's career after he got a 100-mil kind of backtrack from the beating he was taking, and you've heard quarterbacks admit this. You absolutely can have your clock sped up, and I think that's what's happened to Daniel Jones. But nonetheless, you know, one more neck injury. Uh, Who knows what the neck injuries even are. I I don't know how you have faith that he stays healthy long-term. And I can't imagine Joe Shane and Brian Dable are blind to that. But he has Daniel Jones under contract no matter what for this year. He structured a deal Joe Shane did that allows the Giants an out after year two. All of those actions tell us exactly what we need to see or want to want to actually see and not actually what's come out of Joe Shane's mouth. And that is, he has left it up for interpretation about the Giants' plans on moving on from Daniel Jones. But he also can't completely come up to a podium at the combine and say, yeah, man, we don't trust Daniel Jones' health. We don't trust Daniel Jones' ability. Uh, I'm going to flat out admit I made a mistake a year later and get him a contract. No GM would do that. So when I hear everybody kind of twist the positives that Joe Shane broke down about Daniel Jones, my answer would be, okay, he's a competent GM. What's he supposed to say? And his actions, already meeting with Jaden Daniels at the Combine, tell you they are seriously considering quarterback in the first round. The Chargers are picking ahead of the Giants. Are they meeting with any of these quarterbacks? or Justin Herbert on the contract? No, they are not. So just because Daniel Jones has signed it on their contract, the Giants are acknowledging and showing you that – this isn't just a matter of, oh, of course, every team should meet with the quarterbacks. No, 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 no. You meet with the quarterbacks if you think there's a good chance you're going to take a quarterback. And clearly, the Giants view their contract with Daniel Jones different than you know other really great quarterbacks. Because he's not a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback that's had unfortunate circumstances. So, I, I am not hitting the panic button at all on Joe Shane's comments. In fact, I, just, I think it's actually refreshing to watch a general manager play things close to the vest. One more for you. The NFLPA report cards have come out teams and players voting on everything from cafeteria food to time management uh, inside the facility, head coaching, all of that. Brian Dable graded out from his players as an A- head coach. I say that because of all the Wink Martindale stuff, the questions about whether what Kafka thought of him, all the reports about you know Brian Dable and being too power hungry and everything. Clearly, the players like him. Clearly, the players like him or he's not going to name minus of a head coach. So, I combine that with everything I heard from Joe Shane, which just sounds like competency. And I understand that the bar can't simply just be better than Dave Gettleman, better than Joe Judge. But I really still am fully in trust with the direction of this team under Dable and Shane. And I'm excited to see how this free agency process is about to uh, pan out. All right. I will be with you in, I guess, two weeks. We'll do a full free agency preview reaction. As those names start to happen, the Giants do have some wiggle room, although Joe Shane has stayed in the past. You know, he doesn't necessarily build the team through free agency, nor should you. you should build through the draft. But, hey, he's also acknowledged that, you know, how they reacted free agency will tell a lot about what they do in the draft too. So fascinating couple of weeks coming up. Giants football. You can continue to follow me on Twitter at Sean Morash, at Morash Radio on Instagram, and of course, free on the Odyssey app is one giant step, and everywhere where your podcasts are available, if this is your first time listening, welcome aboard, hit download, subscribe, everywhere podcasts are available have you aboard, and remember you continue to hear me with Evan and Tiki, Tommy, on Evan and Tiki, on WFAN 2-620 always available inside the free Odyssey app. Thanks to everybody, thanks to producer Bryce, and thank you for taking one giant step with us.